All right, welcome to Nice Talk. We're very excited to bring you this second episode of our monthly talk show where we bring in expert commentary from around the world of crypto. This is a live event, so don't forget to drop questions in the YouTube chat, and we'll be looking forward to answering them at the end of the episode today. We've assembled the nice hash team of Joe and Marco again today for today's broadcast, but we also have joining us a very special guest. Uh, so we have Tron Black, the lead developer for Ravencoin. Um, so I want to bring Tron in here real quick and give us a brief synopsis as to what is the Ravencoin project. Hello. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, many of you uh, probably heard about Ravencoin. It was uh, was started in a project started being built in about 2017. Uh, launched on Bitcoin's ninth birthday on January 3rd of 2018. Uh, it's code fork of uh, Bitcoin, uh, but not a chain fork. So, and then we uh, that launched uh, was able to be mined uh, via X16. R, which wrote, was a rotating set of algorithms uh, from, you know, the ones that are in Dash, there's 11, there's, you know, so that you've probably heard of X11, X13, X15. It was 16 rotating algorithms. Uh, and then there was some rumors of ASIC, so we tweaked it, uh, and that was X16RV2. And then after that, uh, there was, uh, they modified the ASICs a little bit to do some of the V2 stuff in firmware. Uh, and one of our goals is to keep this, uh, the goal isn't necessarily to keep ASICs out. The goal is to make it like so that anybody can flip on a computer uh, and, and mine some and have some. So so very, very decentralized, very democratized. And so we tweaked the algorithm again, uh, used a derivative of ETH, which is ProgPow, used a derivative of that, fixed some things and made CaPow. So that's what it currently runs under. Um, and it uses pretty much all of a video card. And so to make an ASIC, the ASIC would look a lot like a video card. Okay, awesome. So now I'm going to bring in the rest of the NiceHash team uh, here. So we wanted to talk really kind of, it seemed like the deep dive into Ravencoin, one of the main things that uh, Ravencoin really is about is the transfer of ownership. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about how Ravencoin creates and transfers ownership of assets? Absolutely. So yeah, we, we launched it when, when it launched, it didn't have asset support. Uh, but about 11 months into the project, uh, in fact, on uh, November 5th of 2018, uh, the ability to create your own asset was, was, was activated on top of it. It was always the original goal. We just kind of needed that platform to get, to get started. Uh, so one, one of the very, very unique things about it uh, is that you can create your own assets with a unique name. So if you come up with a name, it's like a DNS-like registry, right? So you, you pick a name, you have to kind of ask the network, is this name available? If it is, you can secure it. Uh, once you have that, you can create sub-assets or other tokens underneath that asset. Uh, those are a little less expensive to create. And then it also creates what's called, uh, we call unique assets because we're kind of pre-NFTs, but now that's what's being used as NFTs. And the reason that's important is you can only have one of them, like guaranteed unique one has a hashtag in the middle of the name and guaranteed unique one. People are using that and attaching data, art, movies, 3D spinning things, you know, all kinds of stuff. So there's a whole ecosystem of NFTs being built uh, on Ravencoin. Uh, they're much easier and much less expensive to build on Ravencoin. And so there's the kind of the equivalent of OpenSea over at ravenbay.com. 
And so there's tons of NFTs there and, you know, they've attached, you know, like I said, there's all kinds of things being connected to the, to the token. Uh, the tokens move uh, like Bitcoin. It's the UTXO model, uh, which means you kind of get a chain or history of, of all the assets that move. Uh, once you create an asset or create, you know, so an asset, basically just to simplify, it's a token that you own. Uh, you create uh, this token with a unique name. You get one from 21 billion. You choose. doesn't cost you any more to make more of them. Uh, but you decide how many there are. You decide whether it's reissuable, meaning you as the owner or issuer could make more of them. And then uh, you can attach uh, whatever data you want through IPFS. So you upload a file or a folder full of files and then just put that identifier string. It's called the content identifier or hash of the content. And that's how the, the data is found. So once you embed that in the, in, you know, connect it to your, to your asset, to your token, then that data can't change. Because if the data changed, then, then it wouldn't be referenced by that, that hash that you'd put in the blockchain. So the data isn't stored in chain. So we're not stuffing like 4K movies into the Ravencoin blockchain. Those are going in IPFS. With IPFS, if you're familiar with it, somebody has to hold the file, pin it, uh, but then it's kind of a content delivery network, and, and you can find that file with you know lots of different lots of different ways through through IPFS and Cloudflare has an IPFS gateway and things like that. Uh, so it's been super popular for NFTs. Uh, it's it's also great for uh, security tokens for gift cards. Somebody's tokenized wine that isn't ready to drink yet. So still in the barrels. And so you have this token that represents bottles of wine, but in the future, right? When it's ready, when, it, when it's aged, mm -hmm. um, lo there's lots of different things uh, that people have done. There's, there's over 30,000 different token names that have been issued and created. Uh, all of them, you know, have some cost, right? You have to do 500 Raven, which today is roughly 50 bucks. Uh, to create your token, your tokens, right? However many you want, but you know, one token, one mm -hmm. root token name. Uh, so lots of people have done that and they're using them for different things. Uh, and sometimes we get to know what that is. And sometimes, it's, you know, it's a permissionless network. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are just using it without talking to anybody about it. Yeah, I've seen people are using it to sell real estate as well. That's so right. This is a yeah, really it's, interesting it's... use case for the blockchain, blockchain technology. Yep. It's yep. Uh, maybe one day this will become the standard. It could be very interesting. Yeah. Do you think that's something yeah. that's in the near future, or do you think this is like a long term, long term goal? So, here? so it it it's happening now. In fact, I literally flew in last night uh, from Austin, uh, where I was at a digital asset conference, where they are. You know, there's the all the ecosystem for uh, tokenizing uh, real estate, land. Uh, putting it on a secondary market, all the alternative trading system uh, executives were there talking about uh, talking about, and, and so I went there to to, to do a kind of a uh, throwdown on which which platform is the best best token to to, uh, to to tokenize these these digital securities because if you're doing uh, uh, like buildings or something where where someone has to manage it and there's an expectation of profit and they're paying dividends or you know that the pen, paying the rent out then it's a security so you have to kind of follow all the securities law, securities laws uh but then you have other things which are like fractionalized art uh that you don't necessarily need to right it's 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 a uh, it's just artwork and so if it's not wrapped in sort of a legal layer like an llc or something like that uh then then you can tokenize uh yeah art cars uh you know valuable objects uh, and tokenize those and do fractional ownership of those things what made you focus on asset transfer with Ravencoin? Uh, so so actually 
Yeah, so I credit I credit uh, Bruce Fenton uh, for this. So Bruce Fenton, it was his brainchild. So so this wasn't like my idea. Um, okay. I got involved pretty early. Uh, Bruce Fenton uh, was a stockbroker, kind of understood uh, tokenization or under, you know understood uh, stocks and bonds and things like that. Uh, and so uh, he was partnered up with with uh, Overstock or Medici Ventures and T Zero, and so needed a platform that was easier to use than than the ones that were there and so it was kind of his idea and he, he started uh, having it developed by some uh, developers out of the country and that didn't work out and he talked to patrick byrne uh, ceo of overstock and and patrick said hey i think we have some some developers that could do this and and i just uh, happened to hear about it really quick and early on it happened to be my skill set i'm a c plus plus programmer just programmer general cs degree I have an MBA and I just like jumped in and said, this is, this is like the pure version of like where crypto is, is kind of going. And so it was exciting. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'd love to move kind of into NFTs. So those have really yeah. taken off uh, here as late. So uh, for the person in the audience that may not understand what an NFT is, can you give a brief synopsis as to exactly what that functionality is inside of the Ravencoin network? Yeah, absolutely. So an NFT in general stands for non-fungible token. So uh, fungible just means can be kind of like uh, everyone's the same. So like we, even though dollars are serialized, we consider them fungible, meaning one dollar is kind of as good as another, right? So we can kind of swap them around. One Bitcoin's as good as another, one Ravencoin's as good as another, right? So that's fungible. Non-fungible means sort of like they're unique. They have unique properties. They, they, they don't trade the same. Uh, so you can think more of, of like uh, collectibles or something where they have unique properties, uh, where there's, you know, one of a kind things, right? So uh, so a, a particular restored vehicles restored a certain way and whatever is not necessarily the same as the original stock version or whatever. It's, it's, it's unique. Uh, art is unique. Uh, and so what's, what's happened is the tokenization or taking a, a representative token. So uh, in the case of yeah, well, actually, Ethereum's built for, for NFTs, kind of built a naming layer as well. It's not quite as good as the one on Ravencoin, but but you basically get a unique name, and then you attach the art. Now, for some of it, it it's uh, it's digital art, and it, and it's like I I'm the I'm going to use an air quotes the owner of the art, but it's digital, so digital you know somebody can kind of like you know take and copy the, the actual picture. But the person that buys it is kind of the official owner, right? Designated by the, you know, the person that created it. Um, so that, that's that's other... just like a certificate. Yes. For, for so, so, so a good way to think of it, for especially for a lot of it, is, is a certificate of ownership or a certificate of authenticity as well. So maybe it acts as both. So, so I've got the certificate. And a lot of times when you put a certificate with something, you also need to make that hard to copy, right? So you put a put a hologram on it or a special seal or it's specially printed on special paper or something like that. Uh, the tokens automatically have that built in uh, kind of counterfeit proof uh, type thing, right? I mean, the person that created the root token for their artwork studio, when they create NFTs under that, you have the provenance that the only person that could have created that is the person that owned that root token. And that's valuable. Uh, and then, and then the person can convey uh, things to it. Like, Hey, not only do you have it, you have the right to replicate it and things like that. The, the, the owner, the original owner, the copyright, the art artwork could convey those things to, to the, to the new owner of the, of the token. Um, yeah. So it's kind of taken off and it's kind of going in different, different directions, different forms. Uh, one thing that's really nice is it's bringing in 
all the creatives into the space. Uh, and so, you know, people have made, you know, thousands, hundreds, you know, thousands, billions, millions of dollars on, on doing artwork and NFTs. Uh, like I mentioned, ravenbay.com. It's, it's the place where people are trading uh, uh, NFTs that are, that are built on top of, of Ravencoin. You can purchase them with Ravencoin. Uh, we have raventrader.net, which is a way to do atomic swaps for NFTs and Raven. Uh, so that way you're not like, you know, like worrying about whether you're going to get it or not. It's like it either happens or it doesn't. And you don't have to send the money to somebody, you know, you don't have to send the Raven to somebody and hope you get your NFT. It just happens boom, atomically. Can't, can't, I mean, it cannot happen, but it can't happen halfway. Right. So mm -hmm. I sent my Raven. I didn't get my NFT. So that's pretty exciting. That's being used, I think, by Raven, the Raven Bay. Okay. So when you started out, uh, Raven as an asset based uh, project yeah. did you imagine yeah. something like nfts taking off in the way it has or what, what do you think no. of them in general <laughs> uh so, so in general uh, i don't fully understand it but but part of that is i'm i'm not a, i don't have the collector mentality i i just don't collect things and um some people have given me nfts and i have a, a laser eyes nft as, as right now as my as my uh, as my twitter picture uh it's exciting to watch for sure um, I recently signed, uh, somebody sent me a postage paid, you know, one of the people in the community sent me a postage paid envelope and asked me whether the thing to send back the white paper to print out the white paper and send it back. So I printed it out, uh, sent it back. I recorded myself on a green screen, signing it, sent, sent all that back. And, uh, they created an NFT out of it and it sold for like, I don't know, 30,000 Raven or something like that, about $3,600. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's exciting. It's fun to watch. It's bringing in creatives. Uh, again, I don't have a collector's mentality, so I don't collect things digital. But I, but I think the world's shifting digital, so I kind of get it. Right, and there's some advantage to collecting digital than there is to collecting stuff you have to store on a shelf that gets dusty. So, yeah. What about smart contracts? Uh, to what extent does the Raven support it? I mean, should the, the Raven be used as or smart contracts? Yeah, so so uh, Ravencoin itself directly does not support smart contracts. Uh, it has the ability uh, to be a platform for smart contracts with like RSK or something like that. That could be done. Um, the other option it has, uh, which we which we are working towards, is right now the uh, the, the uh, Raven can be hopped over to uh, Binance Smart Chain smart contract, and then the Raven uh, can be used as collateral. Uh, so, so that's kind of like right. a bridge over to smart contracts. So, so your actual value, your actual token, uh, can be in Raven Coin, and then move it over to the to another smart contract platform. What we did find was missing, however, was the ability to we can do that with Raven because it has what's called pay to script hash in the scripting. Uh, when we built asset support, we didn't add pay to script hash uh, and pay to script hash has some advantages and you can do like 12 of 15 multi-sig and things like that. You can have larger scripts that, that are more complex, same scripting language, just more complex and, and, and larger. And so we said, we, we kind of do need pay to script hash uh, capabilities for assets for all these 30,000 assets that people have added. Uh, so that's the, it's been coded. Uh, it's been reviewed by developers. It's currently being reviewed by independent security evaluators, uh, which is a, a you know, like a security firm. Uh, they're evaluating it. Once we get kind of all through all that and we don't find any kind of like security issues, 
uh, then we'll then we'll ask the miners uh, to to adopt it and, and get it activated. So it is it is a hard fork. Uh, it's been you know almost a year in the making and reviewing and checking and, and checking to make sure it's secure. But it is kind of our next uh, next update. Once that happens, they should be able to do that. They by say they the community people developing on it should be able to hop uh, these assets uh, on top of other smart contract platforms. Right. Cool. Um, and so one question that I would have, so one of the most famous, I guess, NTFs or NFTs that I've seen was it wasn't a physical item where you would collect it per se, because I know that was one of the things that you were saying, but I did see a uh, a beat uh, track by Eminem got sold for $100,000 using NFT. I don't know if it was Ravencoin's chain that was actually facilitating that, but the transfer of digital assets, such as something like that, do you see that being much more powerful than say, if I have a collector's item, that's a physical thing that would sit on my shelf, but you're actually transferring ownership of digital assets. Yes. So I think, I think being able to own, uh, you know, uh, songs, tracks, uh, uh, and, and, and especially things like uh, potentially movie characters, movie voices, movie assets that can be uh, redeployed or reused in, in, uh, in, in video games and, and in uh, the virtual world and the metaverse and all those kind of things. So these digital assets of, of familiar things that, that potentially uh, Disney owns or, or other film companies. Yeah, I was going to say um, Disney's going to call you right away. They will, <laughs> yeah. they will hang on to those things even past <laughs> you know, uh, trademark and stuff of that. Nature. Exactly. So, so I have talked to another film company that that's, uh, looking at doing that. Uh, and so, uh, that's, that, that should be interesting. Um, but the, yeah, this ability to kind of transfer the ability for someone else who's sort of a hustler or wants to, you know, to talk to the other uh, gaming companies and to get these characters, voices and familiar items into the metaverse, uh, you know, in in three dimensions and all of that kind of stuff, uh, yeah, is a great, Place for it. So the copyright owner of this new digital, you know, persona or whatever can be tokenized and and you know uh, the copyright transferred. Yep. Could you see some type of a partnership with, say, like a, the the United States Patent Office or something like that? Because those are intellectual property that would be great to. Right now, you have to register that with the Patent Office, but being yep. able to have that extra layer of security that you are the owner of that yeah. patent would that be something that would also be useful yeah funny funny you mentioned that so ip assets technologies uh started by basically saying we, we can we can tokenize uh intellectual property rights uh that are owned by universities so university grad students create something the university owns it and they can uh fractionalize that uh that asset right that intellectual property a patent effectively or, or potentially future patent, meaning it's 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 currently a, a, a provisional patent. You know, it hasn't been granted yet. Uh, but they could fractionalize that and then uh, sell it to other universities. And so they're kind of sharing in, we'll call it the risk reward of whether or not one that patent's going to be granted, two the patent is going to be um, uh, you know valuable and and how valuable you know to other companies and stuff. So yeah, absolutely fractionalizing intellectual property is a thing already. On Ravencoin, okay. The one so more the... people could work on the same projects without having to worry about someone stealing their work. For example, if it's already down down yeah. there. Yes. Uh, so one of the things it can't do, or blockchains can't do, is prevent stealing in the real world. It can prove provenance, 
prove providence, prove ownership, prove origin. Uh, but there still needs to be kind of the legal framework of, of uh, you know, kind of like you could prove that <laughs> you did it first. And in fact, you could prove that you, you know, did a trademark first. You can, I mean, blockchains in general are good at like, you know, guaranteeing that it's like a time stamped uh, thing that happened back here. And, it, and, and you, you could write a document, uh, it, you know, it could be encrypted or unencrypted, put it in IPFS, put that at, attached to a token uh, in in Ravencoin, right? And then you could prove that document both existed, that you created it, um, and, and when, because uh, it'll but, be time. But how hard, one minute block. how hard is it to create like an asset? For example, oh. if I imagine myself, like that would be yep. quite hard. For... Oh yeah, no, so so super easy. So there's, there's a, a, so just creating an asset, I mean, you can just download the software, Windows, Mac, Linux, you, you pop it up. You do need 501 Raven. Uh, so you can get that from T0 or Bittrex or Binance US or Binance. They, they all- or Nice hash. Nice hash. Yeah. <laughs> nice hash directly. Okay, great. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so you, get, <laughs> you, you get your Raven. Uh, yeah, or, or, or mine it into existence even. Uh, so, so you have your Raven. Uh, you open up the app, you say, uh, so yes, the app has to sync. It's a blockchain. Uh, actually, scrap that. I'm going to make it even easier. Go to mangofarmassets.com, put in your Raven. You go in, you say, this is the token name I want. Check. Is it is it available? Yep. All right. How many do I want? Put that in. Is it reissuable? Can you make more? Yes or no? And then you can go to Ravencoin. If you want to attach the document, go to Ravencoin IPFS, drag your document to it, right? Whatever it is, it can be a PDF movie, doesn't matter, whatever you drag it over, it gives you a string, jump back to the, to the wallet and, and put in that string. So you're attaching that document and hit issue. So, I mean, if you've done one, one time, it takes, you know, probably 10, 15 seconds. If you do it the first time, it may take a few more minutes you know, to, to, to do it, but it's super easy. Okay. That's awesome. great. Yeah, and one other thing that I want to shift topics just a little bit, because the other key thing about Ravencoin is the currency aspect of it. So that's kind of uh, built directly in on the blockchain. So um, was Ravencoin designed as an asset transfer blockchain? And is that your main focus? Or is the main focus really the currency? Which one kind of takes precedent? Or are they both kind of equally yoked? Yeah, I would say they're equally yoked. The the, the Raven la launched first, right? And and one of the reasons was uh, it just needed to be a seeded blockchain, it needed to be going, you know, and, and operating and working. And that happened really, really fast. I mean, people could mine with their laptops. There was no uh, pre-mine. Uh, so we didn't like say, hey, we're going to keep some of this or put some in the in the thing. It's like, you know, these are founder funds or anything like that. There's nothing like that. We didn't sell any Raven to anybody to say, hey, we're going to build this into the first block. There's nothing like that. Uh, Bruce Fenton put it out on his Twitter. It was put out there to basically you can start mining. Uh, the software is available, mined directly in the core. So you could just put it on a laptop, a desktop, anything, and hit mine. It got, went. Um, uh, the people at Overstock said, you know, they were, they, they actually changed some of the rules. So normally you can't use your work computer for kind of anything else. And they said, oh, you can use it for mining and keep Raven. Uh, so, so just start, start out, went really quick. Uh, it was surprisingly quick how people said, hey, this would be better mined with a graphics card and start working on that. And so along the way, there was like this weird hybrid of like, we can do, because it was 16 algorithms that went in different orders. And so there's this weird hybrid where the graphics card were doing some of the algorithms 
and then it would like switch back to the to the to the to the laptop or the desktop to do the other algorithms and so it was like this it was a little bit faster but all that kind of switching and stuff back and forth uh wasn't very efficient so uh it took a while before it was not a lot long time but you know within four months or so it was it was mostly gpu mining uh that it was gpu mining for uh, well really the rest of the time with those kind of hiccups that that there was kind of this suspected asic uh and it was only maybe you know 30 percent or twice as fast something like that it wasn't a thousand x thing like it is on a you know from a gpu to a to an asic on let's say bitcoin it was just it was just twice as fast i think that there's been a couple of okay just go ahead yeah just talking about the speed that's a lot faster than bitcoin and that's one of the things bitcoin has been trying to solve for a long time is the speed and that's something that raven offers yeah, but you don't. We still don't see many places accepting directly other coins uh, when you go direct to a merchant, for example. You see, we accept Bitcoin here. We yep. see this a lot, yep. but we don't see so much. Even for coins like Ethereum, we don't tend to see it so much directly as a payment form. So, do you see some coin like uh, Raven being a viable option for this in the future? Is it something you would work more on? Yeah, I, th I think it's a viable option. Uh, I mean, there's already uh, some merchant. Uh, uh, Let's see. Uh, now payments is a merchant. So if you wanted to take it right now, you could add it onto your website just by you know going to now payments and kind of adding their widget and things like that. Uh, so it exists. Uh, but you're right. I think a lot of people are you know kind of that Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin only. The problem is Bitcoin because of its uh, fees isn't really very practical for kind of it, it's super secure and everything is great. Even great probably for remittances. Uh, Lightning makes it better. Uh, but it's not great for just like direct uh, on-chain uh, on-chain transactions. And, and honestly, uh, at some level or scale, uh, neither is Ravencoin. Uh, you know, as a, as a as a payment mechanism. Right now, it would work great. Uh, but if but if everybody started using it, and taking it, uh, it would run into the same problems uh, that Bitcoin has for you know using it to buy coffee and things like that. Before um, you we, talked we talk about yeah yeah before you talked about uh, pre mine. And that Ravencoin didn't do any pre-mine. How yeah. does uh, Ravencoin Foundation like found itself? Like, yeah, that's that, that's a great, you know? great, quite great question. Uh, so Ravencoin Foundation is not massive. It's really there uh, to kind of monitor the ecosystem and kind of be there in case. Uh, so to hold a few things, uh, the keys to sign the binaries, which is isn't absolutely necessary, but it does help prevent fraud. Uh, so, you know, if anybody could put out binaries, you know, a bunch of them would be, you know, basically wallet stealers. And so to have kind of an, uh, you know, we'll call it an authority or whatever. Um, the, the, the code is, uh, the code's open source. So anybody can just download and build it, have their own, uh, make sure they get it from the right GitHub. But not everybody wants to build their code, but they also want to make sure that that somebody isn't just uh, giving them a, a you know a fake a fake thing that basically steals all their raven. Uh, it's also there just to monitor the ecosystem, but it's but it's not really in control of anything. Uh, Overstock, or rather the uh, subsidiary of Overstock, Medici Ventures, um, turned in turned from like a development site, you know, that had developers and people and everything, to just a financial fund, and so. I was being paid by Medici Ventures. The rest of the team was being paid by Medici Ventures. So when they turned into just a development fund, they said, all right, we, Ravencoin isn't a, a, 
isn't just shares in, in a company like like the other investments, like the investments in TZ or Bit. So they, they shifted it out and said, go into the foundation. Uh, they paid for the legal work for the foundation, gave the foundation some money that, that will sustain it for several years. Um, and in fact, we'll even uh, uh, give some more money next year, the year after that to, to help sustain it. Uh, but it's not enough to hire a big staff and things like that. So a lot of the, a lot of Ravencoin is uh, volunteers and fans and people that believe in the project uh, helping out. Uh, we've done some bounties where we pay uh, for some feature fixes or improvements or, or things like that. Um, and uh, and then there's been uh, very generous donations, donations by miners, pools that have said we'll take a portion of the of the reward and send it to the foundation. Uh, the the NFT, the signed uh, white paper, for example, uh, those that the funds that raised from that went to the foundation. Uh, there have been other other uh, NFT projects have said portions of it will go to the foundation. Those things have helped. Uh, we also raised some funds for security audit. Uh, this was like, I don't know, years ago. And those funds have gone up 10x. So we have a, a, we have a pretty good uh, base for uh, doing security audits and keeping the code secure. Um, we had a legal fund uh, originally. And, uh, and then we had a very generous offer who, you know, somebody who's now on the board of the Ravencoin Foundation, uh, an attorney that, that uh, volunteered to do the legal work we needed to give uh, Bittrex confidence that Raven was not a security and, and did all the work for that. So we had raised funds for that. And then those funds uh, are still uh, around. They were in a multi-sig originally. Now the foundation has them. And those funds have gone, gone up in value. So the foundation's kind of being funded from kind of multiple sources, but not at a massive level, and, but, but definitely enough to protect, protect the ecosystem. Is the foundation a 501c3? Is it registered here in the United States? No, it is registered in the United States. It's registered in Wyoming. We wanted to do that to kind of support the, you know, the work of Caitlin Long and what they're doing in, in Wyoming and, and some of the rules and laws and stuff that they've done there, uh, which is awesome stuff. Um, but it's a 501c6. So it's a little okay. bit more like a chamber of commerce mm -hmm. uh, that, that's like protecting the ecosystem. But unfortunately, like businesses can give and deduct it as part of their business expense, but individuals can't uh, donate it. They're appreciated at so low. Okay. And as far as, you know, Ravencoin being a currency, um, you know, that obviously is one of the main drivers for people who are mining the project. So they're really looking to, you know, they're expending power uh, for operating their GPUs as a, uh, a way to get return on that mining. Um, when, you're using that as a currency and you were saying that you can't really scale to something like Visa. For Visa, you're doing hundreds of thousands of transactions a second and things of yep. that nature. How in the long term is Ravencoin going to maintain the, I guess, the currency aspect of the project? Um, yep. are, are you ever going to look to partner with certain vendors? I know you talked a lot about Overstock. Would Overstock ever offer a way to pay for products using Ravencoin? Uh, possibly. It actually had it for a while. Um, and and uh, it was really the changes that Shapeshift did. So I don't know if you remember, Shapeshift was kind of like a, the ability to kind of like swap coins. And then they were more of like a centralized, we need to know every person's name and KYC and all that kind KYC, of stuff. Yeah. And now they've kind of shifted back to a DAO. So you know, that pipeline uh, that we built uh, was built as part of a hackathon project in Overstock. Uh, so it kind of, it kind of shifted um, to having to, basically send uh, information, KYC information from 
overstock customers and overstock's not willing to do that. Uh, but, but the, you know, that's changed back. Um, I'm, I'm not there anymore. So that would really be up to, up to them. Uh, I think it'd be fantastic. Uh, it'd be great. Um, so, um, the other currency part of it is, is it does have what's, you know, source, which is the mining and a sink, which is the, uh, the creating of, of assets. So that does uh, require Raven. So that is a demand that, that, you know, that, that exists, right? So there's small amount of fees for transferring and transferring just doesn't cost very much. Uh, so small amount of fees, you know, so you do need that, uh, but you also need uh, to create, uh, to create your assets. You need to, and that, and those Raven are burned. So when you create an asset, uh, 500 Raven is burned, taken out of, out of the, out of circulation, uh, it's sent visibly to a burn address. You can see it. You can see all the, uh, if you go to the cryptoscope, raven.cryptoscope.io shows all the Raven that's been burned for assets, for restricted assets, which is a different kind of asset for security tokens, for sub assets and tags and for unique assets or NFTs. And you can see how much is burned for each. Um, yeah. So, so those Raven life. coins should be uh, given to miners as a reward. What's that? Yeah. The, the, yeah. the burned Raven should be given to the miners. <laughs> <laughs> was and speaking of miners so we've already seen raven's hash rate triple since august so yeah. let's talk a little bit about mining so can you tell us about raven's proof of work model and yep. is it true that the difficulty adjusts every block that is correct so uh originally it was x16r i mentioned this earlier but originally x16r then x16r v2 while we were at x16r we had this this issue uh where uh things like uh uh, algorithms that, that select the most profitable coin, for example, uh, of the altcoins, we're, we're one of the, considered one of the altcoins, that they would find Raven, they'd say, oh, this is really profitable. So the, the algorithms would just, you know, move all the hash there and it, and it would, uh, and they'd mine really fast, right? Get, get a lot of Raven. And then the difficulty was on the same uh, block schedule as Bitcoin, which was uh, 2016 blocks. And then the difficulty would adjust and it would get a lot harder because there were so many miners and it does a look back of and how fast blocks we wanted it one minute. So it retargets and then it got really hard. And all the uh, these algorithms, you know, some people are just mining Raven, they're going along, but the, the algorithmic ones that said, hey, it's not as profitable now, they all bailed. And so what should happen uh, is every, uh, uh, well, at 2016 blocks, that's uh, in Bitcoin, it's about two weeks. In Ravencoin, because we have faster, faster blocks, it was 1.4 days. So it should, about every 1.4 days, adjust this algorithm. So it's going along and it should tweak it just a little bit and 1.4 days tweak it a little bit. But with this this sloshing of, of mining power on and off, it was just go and it was getting worse. It was like this forcing oscillating function where it just, it got it, it got to the point where the, the slow periods were taking like three and a half days. And the 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 other point we're taking a quarter of a day or three quarters of a day it was just, everybody was the mining power it was just and, so great and so, yeah. so yeah so it was a problem uh, so we looked at different ways to solve this and there was uh, dark gravity well DGW which is what we used um, a modified version of that uh, and there's diff different ones that other coins had used for the same reason because it had killed off some coins uh, where the where it just like everybody got mined it really really fast and then it just never there was never enough mining power to get it past to the next target date mm -hmm. uh you know i don't think we were in that kind of dire straits but yeah, that that's a risk and so anyway yeah we swapped out the mining algorithm so now it does uh retarget every block adjust the the difficulty every block uh which has worked great it has some limits um 
some you know won't won't retarget more than a certain percentage each block but but it's really really done well uh since then it, it you know if people slosh on and off it you know it, it might take you know two minutes to retarget and then and then one and a half when you know it, and it resequences back to the you know gets pretty quick back to the target one minute but it does also it also doesn't look back, you know it's looking back uh, quite a ways and, and stuff but it's worked great okay uh, raven raven will experience its first halving in january it's yep. likely the same time that ethereum miners will uh, switch to raven how do you see yep. affect this affecting raven uh so i think it's great uh so uh, just the way mining works is is if too many people get on uh, and the price doesn't go up, then some people will drop back off. If, if it, too many people get on and the price goes up, which is kind of what we're hoping, uh, then it continues that way. Uh, and it just re-ratches up the price. You get less, uh, less Raven, but the price has gone up. So you get the amount. It's the most profitable. And, and that's what we hope happens. Um, Do you think that so more miners mean more demand? Uh, or more of the, uh, or there will be so, more of a sell pressure. Uh, yeah, it depends. That's a good question. Uh, well, there can't be more sell pressure because the same amount of ravens coming out, right? So, uh, well, yeah. actually, half 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 as much ravens coming out. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna lower the sell pressure. All all the raven goes to miners anyway. So unless the characteristics of the particular miners coming in have a different characteristic of sell pressure, meaning they're more like, give me, give me, give me money. I'm going to sell it for my electricity as opposed to, look, I understand the, the importance and ramifications of what, you know, and the capabilities of Raven is going to be a future project, which we have a lot of those miners that are just, they understand, right? They get it. They're holding it. They know it's, it's going to be a bigger thing. It kind of, so, so there's the mix of, of types of miners. The amount of Raven coming out doesn't double if the miners double. It stays exactly the same. And in fact, if it's already halved, right, from from five thousand to twenty five hundred, uh, that halving, uh, you know, it's going to be half as much sell pressure, no matter how many miners get on there. So when Ethereum stops uh, being mined, a lot of things going to change for sure. Yeah, um, I think many so. miners are going to move their their hash rates to other places. So let's yep. say they you get a lot more hash rate on the Raven. Yep. Do you think this can be beneficial or do you think this can also be a security threat in some ways or will it make it uh, more so secure? I think it's beneficial. Uh, the, sec the security threat doesn't doesn't uh, worry me too much. I mean, if, if there's too much concentration of mining power at one, uh, one uh, mining pool, that that's somewhat of a threat. The more mining hash power isn't as much of a security threat. One of the things that we did do uh, intentionally, because we could have potentially, I mean, especially I was at this conference uh, just you know, literally yesterday, and they're talking about like, you know, trillions of dollars worth of assets and stuff being tokenized on these platforms, a Ravencoin being one of them. And so you have this potential for like, you know, I mean, the project's a, a you know, a billion dollar uh, project, you know, billion dollar market cap. But if it has trillions of dollars worth of assets, you say, well, that, you know, that, that's a little scary. You know, like is somebody going to attack it for those assets. There's kind of two answers to that one. Most of these are securities. So if you steal securities or whatever, they pretty much have your name and stuff like that. So uh, that's not too much of a problem. Uh, but the other problem is like if they did attack it, you know, because maybe it was, you know, these tokens are worth gold and they're trying to trying to get you know, a lot of gold tokens or something like that. Uh, Ravencoin has a thing called NLR, non uh, no long reorg. And we did it for this reason that we could have more assets on there than the than the chain security. 
And so after 60 blocks, it doesn't reorg. Uh, and that, that basically solves that problem. So you do want to wait 60 blocks, but then you're kind of safe from that uh, kind of like jumping back, rolling back the chain after, after 60 blocks, you can't do it. So even if there's that all that mining hash power, the the code itself won't won't, won't allow it. That's a pretty cool feature. That's one hour, right? Sixty block is one hour. Oh yeah, sixty blocks. Yeah, one yeah. hours. Yep, yep, that's right. Is there any plans for Raven to change consensus from proof of work over to proof of stake as Ethereum did? Right now, there's no plans for that. Uh, I'm not going to rule out the future. I'll, I probably won't be around <laughs> in, in, the, in the long, long future when it's when it's really worth something. Something, but uh, yeah, no, no current plans. Uh, it is a, it is a possibility. Um, one of one of the big advantages to proof of work is a very, very, very fair distribution mechanism. Uh, more fair than doing like airdrops and then doing proof of stake or selling it, which a lot of times puts, you know, you, you know, becomes an illegal uh, security uh, offering. You know, Tezos kind of has that problem where you, where you, you know, kind of sold in EOS and some others where they sold the tokens. And so they, they you know, it's, it's kind of in the U S it's, it's an illegal security offering. So I um, want to be mindful of time. We've got about four minutes left in the broadcast here real quick. So I want to move over into Q&A real quick. So we got some questions from the audience that have come in over the course of the broadcast. So Tron, this one's for you. Uh, do you foresee changing the cost of minting an asset slash token in the future? At the current worth, it's great. But if Raven's price were to moon, uh, would it be quite expensive and a barrier to entry? Um, yeah, that, that, that is a possibility i mean if, if it really really becomes the problem uh then that's a possibility there's, there's a step in between there though um and, and one of the steps in between there is like it's 500 raven for a root asset but there's no reason you have to have a root asset root asset is is uh almost like owning dot com or uh you know dot io or something like that i mean it's really a, a root thing so if someone wanted to create an asset uh, a root asset, and then issue uh, tokens under that uh, with sub assets. Then it's five times less expensive uh, to create those. And so, you, if it gets really expensive with the five hundred, people could set up a business to kind of uh, sell the the sub assets under under a root asset. And then once that happens, a sub asset actually becomes its own root asset, or becomes its own parent asset, or has its all the, all the properties of a of a root asset, where you can create sub assets under that. So I'm not too concerned about that currently, but if it gets really high, uh, there's no reason it couldn't be changed. It just can't be changed by, by a whim, right? Okay. It, 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 it would require a hard fork, but it's definitely uh, changeable if, if that becomes like the dominant problem that, that Ravencoin has and the community says, yeah, we need to do this. Uh, it's not impossible. Okay. So one other question for you. Um, what coin would you see as your main rival? in the crypto space. Hmm. Wow. Uh, so I would, I would put, uh, I would maybe say several for different, for different aspects. So Ravencoin does a lot of different things. Um, Ethereum, because it's kind of well known for the ERC 20, right? It's, 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 it's uh, subpar, right? It's, it's expensive to transfer. Uh, you don't, it's not built in. It, you know, it doesn't have a unique name. So it, it's not as good, but it's the one everybody knows, right? So, so people are like, oh, I'm just going to create one of these ERC 20s. Uh, but, but I would say just because of its, um, that's what everybody knows. And to rise above that, to tell everybody, hey, you got a better solution. 
I would put it as the main rival for the tokenization portion of it. Yeah. As far as being like uh, maybe uh, the the zeitgeist of being like an individual, like, hey, this this is the future and, and it's sort of a meme kind of thing. I mean, Dogecoin on the on the, you know, has, has risen up to, you know, up the ranks, which is kind of fun. Uh, but I mean, the to push back against just sort of like Wall Street kind of thing, uh, you know, Ravencoin has that same kind of community power. Uh, and so okay you know, in, on the on the currency side maybe something like that sure okay and then so uh our last question that we have here is actually for marco what advice would you give to nice hash miners who just switched to mining um co- uh, the Ravencoin uh algorithm cogpile i think uh that not to use the same overclocks as for ethereum there might be some differences uh maybe to <laughs> watch out for hash rate uh this, there won't be like for example, 3070 won't hash at 60 mega hashes. It will be a bit lower. I think uh, that the guessing is a bit harder. The hashing is a bit harder. Uh, and maybe to mine with nice hash. I think that would be a good advice. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Trant, want to thank you for joining us here today uh, for this episode of Nice Talk. Um, and, uh, we look forward to seeing all the great things that Ravencoin does over the coming, uh, over the coming months and years. Um, and, uh, we'd love to have you back another time. Um, so I'm actually going to transition over here real quick. Um, so wanted to, uh, do a little outro here. So if you haven't tried mining before, obviously nice hash is the easiest way to get started. Uh, it's good. Uh, just go to nicehash.com and try our quick miner or our nice hash miner where you can earn money from your PC. Uh, Raven's Coins, uh, their algorithm, Cogpal, is a supported algorithm. So if you want to give give mining uh, Ravencoin a go, you can sign up today. And if you're not into mining, you can still invest in Ravencoin on NiceHash Exchange. Um, And if you got, uh, and that's all the time that we got for you today, folks. Um, We hope you enjoyed the show hearing all about Ravencoin. Make sure to tune in and join us next month on the 29th of October. We'll be discussing the Ergo project with its team. It's a very interesting project with multiple use cases. And um, make sure you leave a comment in today's show. We'd love to hear your feedback. And thank you for joining us today. And we will see you guys in the next one.